0: Hello, my name is Andrew Gomison, and I would like to welcome you to Culture Watch, a podcast outreach of speaking for him. I want to take some time at the top of the show to let you know what to expect from Culture Watch and what we will hopefully be seeking to accomplish going forward. The first thing that I want to let you know is that for those of you who have been listening to my podcast over the past couple of years, you know that once I brought the podcast home from the radio studio, I started doing a current event segment called What's Going On. Essentially, that's what Culture Watch is going to be about. Current events from a biblical Christian perspective. So why the different show and what will we be doing going forward? Well, first of all, I have heard from numerous people who I respect who have told me that it would be better for me to address these issues separately than on the actual weekly podcast. And at first I wrestled with this because I really feel compelled to share current events from a Christian perspective, and I don't want to back down from that mandate. But I also realized that some people were choosing not to listen to what I feel would be very encouraging main content on my podcast because of their disagreements with the way that I presented current events. So, my decision after prayerfully considering this for several months is to begin Culture Watch. So, let me tell you what is going to happen going forward. The first thing I want to say to you is that this probably will not be a weekly podcast. One of the reasons that I have resisted doing multiple podcasts in the past is because I did not want to water down my content. I want to make sure that every week I am consistent in presenting you with the Speaking for Him podcast, and I don't want to fail on that mission. It's been over 10 and a half years, and I trust that it will continue for many months and years to come. So that's the first thing to know. I will come out with a Culture Watch podcast when I have something relevant to share. It could be weekly. It could sometimes be two or three weeks without an episode of this particular podcast. So keep that in mind. The second thing that I want to mention to you is that although you are seeing this podcast a little late, it will typically come out on Mondays. So Mondays will be the Culture Watch podcast. Wednesdays will be the Speaking for Him podcast. And then Fridays, if I have any sermon audio that I haven't shared, that will go up on Fridays. I'm really excited to maintain a regular schedule of continuing to give you great content. So what are we trying to do here with the Culture Watch podcast? What I am trying to do is a couple different things. First of all, I want to continue giving biblically-based commentary on current events. Some people who are believers just say we need to preach the gospel, and they basically have an attitude of we need to keep our heads down and not make waves. And while I do agree that the Bible says that we are to live at peace as much as lies with us, with all men, I also believe that we need to be bold in our witness for the gospel. It is clear from scripture that we are not of the world, but God has placed us in the world for a reason. If we were not to interact with our world, he would take us home as soon as we become believers, but we are called to be salt and light. And so the goal of this podcast is to engage you on the current events of the day and to encourage you to be salt and light, and to be able to engage in important conversations and water cooler discussions that will inevitably result from current events. One thing we know about people in general is we love to discuss current events. But I think that we need to make sure that our perspective is covered in the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be bold as serpents and gentle as doves. So as I outline some current news stories and I share them with you, my goal is so that you would go into your daily life and be able to talk to people about the things that they are concerned about and talking about from a biblical perspective that calls them to a higher standard but does so with love. And I'm really excited About that opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. I am just so blessed that there are so many people who have supported speaking for him with their prayers, with their efforts to listen to the podcast, and sometimes also with their financial donations. So, with all of that housekeeping out of the way, let's talk about what is going on. All right. Well, the first story that I want to bring your attention to is that Tim Scott, who has recently announced for the presidency, is about to go toe to toe with the ladies of the view.
1: The Republican presidential primary is quickly picking up steam with seven candidates currently declared and three more expected to announce their campaigns this coming week. In addition to a number of strong candidates making their case to be the nominee and take on Joe Biden, the field is also one of the most diverse primary fields we've ever seen. Now, you would expect liberals to love that last part. Even though they may not agree with the Republican ideas, they surely celebrate diversity. It seems to be their new favorite word, after all. But remember how the ladies on The View reacted to South Carolina's first black senator, Tim Scott, joining the race?
2: he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps, rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it. Neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans.
1: I just love when white liberal women try to educate us black people. It's just crazy. Well, on Monday, Senator Scott will go toe to toe with Joy Behar and the rest of the view. And the senator... Tim Scott joins me right now. Senator, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
3: It's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate
1: it. So, Senator, uh, I'm just so curious about your appearance that you're getting ready to make uh, on The View. Th- those ladies have had a, a lot to say about you when you weren't present at the table. You're going to be sitting with them, but they've attacked you on a personal level. So what do you say to yes. them when you see them about those attacks? I understand the inspirational message, and I think it resonates with a lot of Americans. Yes. But what do you plan on telling those ladies When you see them face to face
3: listen, here's what we have to know is that the proof of the truth of my life disproves the lives of the radical left. What fears them the most about me is I'm the candidate that's actually lived the American dream, starting with the plastic spoon, not the silver spoon. So I I have to tell you the truth, Lawrence. uh, While I am concerned about what they say about me, I'm actually used to it. Uh, These are the same voices over and over again that want to insult me because I have decided to think for myself my goal on this show is not to go in there and defend myself my goal is to defend people like you and defend other people who want to think for themselves and rise to the occasion to be all that they want to be for that i will go to the defense of the next generation of americans to live their lives the way they decide
0: i want to bring your attention to a couple different things first of all can you believe the insanity of Joy Behar to even use that phrase that Tim Scott believes in pulling yourself up by your bootstraps instead of acknowledging systemic racism. The thing is, Joy, he doesn't just believe in pulling yourselves up by your bootstraps. He has done it. The problem with the victim mentality that we have in our culture today is that we don't have any personal responsibility for the way that we act and the way that life turns out. The reality is that the Bible shows us that we have a responsibility to live righteously and to do well, and it gives us a structure for living. God ordained the family to raise the children to be responsible, godly adults. And that is the foundation of society. Our cities, our towns, our states, our nation is made up of families. As the family goes, so goes the rest of society. What I do not understand is that you have these women sitting there on the panel of The View, and they could probably all tell amazing stories about how they overcame adversity to get where they are. But rather than do that, they want to remind everyone how systemically racist this country is and how you really can't succeed in it, even though each of them are making millions of dollars. The reality is that we could go through an endless list of people who have gone before us, who have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and have made something of themselves. When you look at the life of Abraham Lincoln, you see failure after failure after failure that led to the success of being the President of the United States for such a time as the United States Civil War. We see inventors like Thomas Alva Edison do a thousand or more experiments before they come up with the light bulb. We see founding fathers who pledge their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor for our freedom. This country was not founded by a bunch of ready-made millionaires. This country was founded by people who wanted to give their all for a cause, the cause of liberty. And liberty was based on personal responsibility. The freedom that we have, both in our country and in Christ, is not the freedom to do anything we want, but rather the freedom to do what we ought for the betterment of mankind. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, Let each esteem other better than themselves. If we lived by that motto, we would have a better society. And the reason that Tim Scott and Larry Elder and any number of black conservatives are successful today is because they have chosen not to take up the victim mentality. The reality is that many of our leading institutions whether it be financial in the banking industry, whether it be educational, or whether it be Hollywood, are led predominantly by liberals. So to say that the conservative ideology furthers evil is just misinformed. The reality is that true freedom comes from responsibility. And that is, is something that we can learn, as I said, in our society and also in the scriptures. So I commend Tim Scott for continuing to be the antithesis of what the Democratic Party believes black people are capable of. Tim is every bit as much of a man as anyone else, and... I believe that he has surrendered to God and that he is doing amazing things because he is choosing to rise above his circumstances and not be defined by them. The next story that I want to bring your attention to comes out of the L.A. Dodgers. The L.A. Dodgers had this unfortunate choice that they made to welcome the sisters of perpetual indulgence to the ballpark for pride night
4: blake trinan also put up a statement regarding all of this trinan i believe pitches for the dodgers themselves he um he put out a statement via one of his friends saying, quote, I am disappointed to see the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. Many of their performance are blasphemous. Their work only displays hate and mockery of Catholics and the Christian faith. I understand that playing baseball is a privilege, not a right. My convictions in Jesus Christ will always come first. Since I have been with the Dodgers, they have been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups, however, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to perform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of Christians and people of faith. This single event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, Major League Baseball, and professional sports, people like baseball for its entertainment value and competition. The fans do not want propaganda or politics forced on them. The debacle with Bud Light and Target should be a warning to companies and professional sports to stay true to their brand and leave the propaganda and politics off the field. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. This group openly mocks Jesus, the cornerstone of my faith. I want to make it clear I do not agree with nor support the decision of the Dodgers to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Okay, good for Blake Trinan. But then there's the story of Anthony Bass. So he's a pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. He shared a post on his social media in which he encouraged the boycott of Target and Bud Light. He shared a video calling on Christians to stop patronizing those companies. The original video said, quote, here's the reason biblically why I believe Christians have got to be boycotting Target, Bud Light and any other corporation that's pushing the things they're pushing. This is evil. This is demonic. We won't stand for it. We're not going to go to the stores anymore. We're not going to give them any of our money. Bass was then forced, presumably by the Toronto Blue Jays organization, to apologize for his own religious convictions. Here we go.
1: I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the pride community which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine and I am truly sorry for that um, I just spoke with my teammates to, and shared with them my actions yesterday and I apologize with them and as of right now I'm using the Blue Jays resources to better educate myself to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. The struggle uh, I segments. include all fans at the ballpark and we want to Welcome,
5: to
4: everybody. Uh, the Maoist struggle sessions, the Maoist struggle sessions. You definitely have to cater to a tiny percentage of the population that is deeply offended by people who don't want the transing of the kids material at target. You have to cater to those people, not the other 98% of the American population.
0: I want to consider with you for a moment, the contrasting responses of these two major league ballplayers. The first one was a man of conviction for the L.A. Dodgers. And he wrote a statement, which is very clearly not contrived, very clearly from the heart, and said this is not acceptable. And I also want to point out that one of the things that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is known for is literally telling people to go and sin some more. So just keep that in mind as you're considering this. But this picture for the Dodgers, as you heard Ben read the statement, he he articulated that this is offensive to Catholics and other members of the Christian faith, that things that they hold so dear would be mocked in such a crazy way. Another thing that this group does is pole dancing on crosses. The symbol of suffering for our Savior, they do suggestive dancing on. So this is not just a simple difference of opinion. Some people will say, well, if you're allowed to express your Christian faith at a ballpark, you should be allowed to express pride. But this goes beyond that to downright debauchery. So we have one major league ball player from the Dodgers themselves who stands up and says, this is not acceptable. Please reconsider what you're doing. And really what they're doing is alienating a huge amount of their fan base uh, because I heard one estimate that there's 4 million Catholics in Los Angeles area alone. And then you have... Protestants beyond that so why you would want to alienate this number of people is beyond me but then we have the second story which Ben alluded to and actually played a clip where a Toronto Blue Jays player comes out boldly and then backs away now I understand that in Canada they are about a generation ahead of us on the scale of turning away from God. At least that's what we always said when I was growing up. I think it's probably more like half a generation or less now because we are getting much closer to Canada in the way that we approach moral issues. But for this man to back down, I think was very sad because If you believe it, then stand for it. And there is a cost for discipleship. The other thing that I would say is that when you apologize to the woke mob, they very rarely accept the apology, if ever it's never good enough for them. They always find the next thing to be offended about, and they will typically, it seems, rip the apology almost more, but at least at the same level as they did the thing that they considered the original offense. And so we need to be aware of the things that we are supporting and we need to be bold in standing against those things. We've already seen that boycotts are working. We've seen the tumble of Target. We've seen the tumble of Anheuser-Busch. And so we know that we have power when it comes to making our voice heard. We just need to be willing to let it happen. I often think about this when it comes to school issues because so many times schools say, well, that's not allowed in school when it comes to something biblical. And they scare people and make them believe that legally they don't have any rights to express their religious views in the walls of the school. Which actually turns out not to be accurate. The majority of the time when a conservative student takes a school to task... In court, they win because we actually do have the constitutional right to freely express our faith. So what we need to be willing to do is stand up and make them fight us on it because we will win. Because we have the structure in place in our country to win these battles. And I will reiterate Today, something I said last week on my main podcast, and that is, if we have this kind of power to affect change through monetary boycotts, then we need to get into the polling places and exercise this same power at the ballot box. Do I believe politics is the future Do I believe that trusting in our elected leaders is the future? No, I do not. The future is in trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have the immense privilege that rather than living in a dictatorship as the majority of New Testament Christians did and as many Christians around the world do today, we have the opportunity to make our voice heard and so we should do Just that. And so I just want to encourage you. Make your voice heard and don't back down from the truth. Jesus said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And he said we shouldn't fear what we're going to say to those who oppose us because in the very time we need answers, he will give them to us. This is so important for us to realize. The final story that I want to bring to your attention comes out of Idaho and this entails a student not being allowed to walk in graduation because of his stand for truth. Let him
5: walk! Let him walk! Let him walk! They're still not going to let me walk, but they can't take my diploma from me. And uh, I just appreciate all the support uh, from everybody coming together. Uh, I won't forget this. Thank you. We love you, Trav! We love you Trav!
2: Outraged students and parents in Idaho protesting their local high school's decision to suspend and ban a student from participating in graduation after he declared, boys are boys and girls are girls. There is no in between. Those remarks also cost him his job. This morning, that former high school student is fighting back. Travis Laura joins us now. Boy, Travis, it's so nice to have you on. You're a brave young man. I'm sure that you expected some social shaming, maybe, uh, for saying Um, something that was true, but I'm sure you didn't expect to be banned from graduation. And and explain what's going on with your job.
5: So... uh I went in to finish up my final paperwork. I was supposed to start Sunday, and uh, I was informed by my boss after I'd finished my paperwork uh, that he was going to send his offer to me. What
2: job was
5: this? I was supposed to go fight uh, wildland forest fires.
2: Wow. You're getting a lesson um, at a very young age about what this cultural revolution we're living through is. So my my understanding is that the most vocal teacher, um, the art teacher... Uh, is somebody who describes herself as a nasty woman who has put on a production of the uh, help with the production of the vagina monologues, which, you know, is sexually explicit. Um, explain to me her relationship with the sheriff, who's also now said that the protests um, are, are violent and, and all these other things.
5: As far as I know, they're married uh, and our protests it wasn't violent at all. Uh, nobody nobody did anything violent. We were just there to um, let me walk, basically. That was our message. Uh, that's why everybody came together, was in hopes that I could walk at graduation. Sadly, that didn't happen, but...
2: Yeah. Travis, do you think this would have happened to you if you had said something in support of BLM or um, you supported genital mutilation or if you had said that conservatives were white supremacists? I mean, why do you think this in particular um, led to this punishment?
5: Uh, I don't believe I would have been punished at all personally if I had said Black Lives Matter Um or any of the other things.
2: Yeah, this has been a tough. For a tough- this to
5: happen. Go ahead. Over over what I said, uh, it's just controversial. It seems as though if people speak up like I did, uh, in the way that I did, it you just it, it's it's not right. Uh, it seems frowned upon. Uh, you can be punished for it. Obviously, like I'm being punished. Um yeah.
2: You're so, not the only one who lost a job, right? I mean, there was a bus driver um at the school who yeah, was at my the best
5: protest. friend as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: uh
5: was <laughs> supposed to work with me this summer.
0: So I just have a couple things to say here and then we will wrap up the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the inaugural episode. Please let me know what you think and ways that we can improve it going forward. But here we have a situation of a young man who was told to give some wisdom to the underclassmen as he leaves his school. He says there's a school of about 300 students. He said there was about 80 seniors. And he wanted to impart wisdom to them. So he gave them the truth that... God created only two genders. This is a baseline truth that up until even, you know, four or five years ago, the vast majority of people understood and was not in the least offensive. You know, one of the things that this leads me to is people saying, well, you shouldn't talk about politics on your podcast. But here's the situation. Politicians say this is political. Christians say this is moral. Every political issue has a moral implication. And that is why it is so important to discuss current events. That being said, I have heard in association with this story that there was a directive not to mention anything political in your parting remarks. But it's only one side of this issue that has made it political. Those who are standing for God's model of two genders And understanding that men and women are created uniquely as divine expressions of God's creativity are simply saying this is a moral truth that needs to be understood and spoken about freely. They don't want politics to enter into this at all. They're just saying if you want to live a fulfilled life which is decently in an order, you need to embrace God's plan for humanity. There's so much chaos going on in the world, and people want to look everywhere but up for help. The psalmist said, I will look unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh even from the Lord, who hath made heaven and earth. Psalm 121. So this young man was challenged to give wisdom to the underclassmen, and that is what he felt compelled to share. Now, if they truly said, don't share anything political, and they would say the same thing to someone who spoke out for LGBT issues or for BLM, there might be a little more to the story. But I tend to side with this young man and the newscaster giving the interview when they say there probably wouldn't be this controversy if he had championed one of those other causes. Because the reality is, Support only seems to go one way in our culture today. The next thing that I would say is that this issue has gone further than just whether he could walk in graduation. Because he talks about, in this interview, losing the opportunity to do a job, which is a job of service, a job where he's putting his life on the line to preserve other people's lives. But he was unable to fulfill that job because of his belief on a moral issue. And that is a problem because America was founded on the idea that we could stand on our morals. And the reality is, that part of America is being able to disagree and still live in harmony. And it's very sad to me that we've reached a place in our society where if you disagree with someone, that automatically makes you the enemy. It automatically makes you hateful. It automatically makes you violent. That's the new buzzword. You're violent if you disagree with the status quo without even considering the love with which it's delivered. So many people today say it's not our job to judge. It's just our job to love people. But the reality is we're supposed to give the truth in love. And that even if we do, those who hate the truth will hate us. But Jesus said, if they hate you, have no fear, because they hated me before you. We are representing one who was hated. And so we should expect nothing less as we stand for the truth. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you again with the Speaking For Him podcast. For Culture Watch, this is Andrew Gamson saying, Keep serving the best of masters.
4: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's Speaking, the number 4.0